Friends and fellow entrepreneurs, you are about to enter into a world that will change your life forever. You are about to access an unlimited vault of information, the hidden silo of content, and finally get the keys to unlock supernatural levels of success. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Secrets Podcast with Femi Dormash. PhD Myron Golding is a master at dominating the stage for profit, converting contacts into contracts, and elevating your mind. Overcoming adversity to sit in the seat of success by his own standards, he's authored several books and has personally consulted seven and eight-figure business owners to optimize their performance through his products and services. If you are ready to get a grasp of selling from the stage, while using your unique gift to increase profit, promotion, and impact, then this is the episode to tune into. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome author, educator, and stage selling master, PhD, Myron Golding to the Entrepreneur Secrets Podcast. Welcome, Myron. Thank you. Thank you, Femi. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm happy to have you on. I'm really excited for the content and the knowledge that you're going to be sharing with the listeners and the viewers. Um, I kind of like begin with always the, the, the origin story, the introduction. So a lot of the listeners and the viewers know who is Myron Golden. Yeah. Gold, golden, Myron golden. golden. Yes. Myron golden. Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting uh, origin story. I guess I'd have to start at the beginning. Wouldn't I? I'm the second of seven brothers, right? Um, I've got one older brother, five younger brothers. I was born to very hardworking parents who never really understood how money worked, but they knew how to work hard and they taught us how to work hard. And um, one of the lessons that I got from my parents when I was an in, when I was from the time I was a toddler, I believe, is that you can do anything you want to do and you can be anything you want to be. I think they more than likely overemphasized that message with me because I had, I, I contracted polio as an infant. So I, I have a brace on my leg, leg. I walk with a brace on my leg and I always have walked with a brace on my leg since I've been walking. And um, so I think they gave me a little bit extra push to like, Hey, that doesn't mean you can't. Right. So, so I always, I always believed there was nothing I couldn't do and there was nothing I couldn't have. And um, I'm one of those people who did really well in school all the way through. Uh, the third grade, it went downhill from there. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but I managed to uh, pull myself together, graduated second in my class. Um, it was a class of two and my little brother was the valedictorian. Now, you know, my educational story, right? So, um, so my claim to fame was not academia. Um, my claim to fame wasn't even business. I, I was, I was like most people are when I was in my twenties, I was trying to figure it out. And met this beautiful girl when I was in college, made her a lot of promises, wrote her a lot of poems. Um, she finally said, I do. And I couldn't figure out how to put food on the table. We were struggling. I can remember being so poor fam that I can remember being so broke that literally we had to take the cushions out of the couch and the chair that we owned, out of the car, take the seats out of the car, looking for enough change to buy one loaf of bread so we could eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because we had the peanut butter and we had the jelly. But if you don't have no bread, you can't make no sandwich. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And so um, I can remember being so poor that when my wife was eight months pregnant with our first child, that um, 
our water and electricity were both disconnected at the same time. So if you can imagine you're, you're a man, you're married to this beautiful woman, you've made her all these promises, you can't even figure out how to keep the electricity turned on. You can't even figure out how to keep the water turned on, right? And she's pregnant. Like, does it get, like, does it get any worse? Well, you know, a lot of people would say, oh my goodness, you're failing miserably. But I wasn't really failing miserably. I was just figuring it out diligently. So you can, you can, we put all, we put these labels on our experiences of life. We say, oh, this bad thing happened to me. I haven't lived long enough to know if the thing that happened today was bad. Wow. Right? So it may be difficult, but difficult's not necessarily bad. You're in the fitness business. Um, you know, heavy doesn't mean impossible, right? And, and nobody would go to the gym, lift weights, and say, oh, I had a horrible day because the weights were heavy. Uh, nope. No, that was just, that was the part of the process. There is no strength without struggle. There's no advancement without adversity. There's no, there's no destiny without difficulty. We got to go through something to get to something. Mm -hmm. And so those were some of the things that I had to go through. And then I got started in a, in a network marketing business that sold insurance and investments. It was a financial services company. We sold insurance and we sold mutual funds. And, and the reality is that I didn't realize that selling was a skill. And when I started in selling in 1985, I got started in this company, October of 1985. I was so bad at, at selling then that I did not make my first sale for 18 months. I didn't make my first sale until April of 1987. Most people would say, oh, you were failing for a year and a half. No, I wasn't failing for a year and a half. I was learning for a year and a half, mm -hmm. right? And so many people, we, you know, we live in the age of instant coffee and instant this and drive through food and drive through dry cleaning and drive through this and drive through banking. We want instant drive through success. Hmm. There's no instant drive through success, right? There's no instant success. There's no drive it through success. Um, you know, I like to tell people, yeah, I was an overnight success, but it was a 14 year night, right? From the time I got started in entrepreneur, entrepreneurism until I had my first six figure year, it was 14 years. And I'm not saying that it has to be 14 years for everybody. I was so far away from the bottom rung of the ladder of success as an entrepreneur that it took me 14 years just to get to the ladder. Wow. Right? or 13 years to get to the ladder and then one year to make it up to the first run where, okay, I'm making six figures. Right. And, 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 and a lot of people say, well, man, that's a, that's a long time to fail. Well, guess what? 14 years is going to go by whether you get to six figures or not. Hmm. Right. The time is going to go by. The question is not whether or not, Oh, but it took you so long. No, no, no. I'm still here. The 14 years is going to go by whether or not I got to six figures. The next three years was going to go by whether I got to seven figures or not. Do you follow my logic? So people are like, oh, but I, I, I feel like a fail. I, it cracks me up when people who are like, I'm 21 years old and everything I touched has failed. Failed? Hmm. You haven't lived long enough to put an ED on the end of anything you're doing. Yep. Right? <laughs> right? No, you didn't fail. You're still figuring. Hmm. Right. You fail when you lie, when you lay down and die, when you say, okay, well, I didn't, this didn't work. Um, the key word, when you say this didn't work from now on, you're young, you're in your thirties, you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, even early fifties. And what you're working on hasn't worked yet. Don't say this didn't work. Say it's not working yet. Hmm. And even when it's not working, it's working. Right. Yep. Because all work works. And you probably seen, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or not, but this is one of the posts that I put on Instagram 
there's no such thing as work that doesn't work, right? All work works because work is like, work is like my gratitude coin, right? Work is a two-sided coin. Looks like that on one side, looks like that on the other side, right? So work is a two-sided coin. And when I flip work, well, one side is, oh, the work I'm doing on it. The other side is I flip it again, the work it's doing on me. Wow. Right? And see, when the work I'm doing on it seems like it's not working, that's when the work it does on me does its best work. This is big. And there's so much to unpack just in that alone. I think like, I know. Like, a, a lot of people might not even catch what you're saying. And I, I want to highlight a couple points. Highlight away, brother. When you're building something, mm -hmm. vision, you're moving towards your mission, you might not see the result you want happen immediately. Yet transformation is occurring through that process. 99% of the time in anything you do worthwhile in life, you're not going to see the results immediately. The farmer doesn't sow the seed today and reap the harvest tomorrow. You have to go from one season to another season. You, you plant in the spring, you cultivate in the summer, you harvest in the fall. Yep. And most people want to plant cultivate, want to plant, skip cultivation and harvest the day after they sow the seed. Yep. Life doesn't work that way. People say, oh, uh, all you do is work. Oh, all you do is play. Oh, you're so out of, you're so out of balance. Well, here's how it works, people. Balance is a season and focus is a season. Mm. It's never spring and fall in the same place at the same time. It's never sow season and reap season in the same place at the same time. When you're in, when you're in spring, you're out of fall. When you're in fall, you're out of spring. Well, guess what? When you're in focus, you're out of balance. And when you're in balance, you're out of focus. And if you try to be in focus and in balance at the same time, all you're going to do is frustrate yourself and find out that you are doing an exercise in futility because you can't be in focus and in balance at the same time. And I'm telling you, the biggest problem I see most people have is they have too many vo contradicting voices, voices going into their head. And they have this desire to please everybody, yep. right? Like I'm 59 years old. I'll be 60 next year, right? But I am in a very, like when I started as an entrepreneur, my seasons of focus were this big and my seasons of balance were that big. Hmm. This is how long my seasons of focus were. Sometimes I would work 20 hours in a day as an entrepreneur when I first got started. Now some days I don't work an hour. Yep. So when I started, my seasons of focus were this big. My seasons of balance were this big and my income was about that big. Mm -hmm. Now my seasons of focus are about this big. My seasons of my seasons of balance are this big and my revenue is like this big. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I did, I went through enough seasons to take some of the harvest and and store it and some of the harvest and replant it and grow more. And so what most people want to do, they want to sow three seeds reap 75 years of harvest, put some in store and plant a little bit back in the ground and then act like, well, I'm smarter than everybody else in the world. So look at me, I'm this monumental success. Well, it don't, life don't work like that. So anyway, dropping, that's my rant and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> dropping knowledge right now. And like, I want to highlight another thing you mentioned. You said it took you 13 years to figure it out. Yeah. 13 years. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm, I, 
I have like a think tank that I'm building. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the individuals that are going through the program, going through the coaching experience, some of them feel frustrated. Yeah. It's taking too long. This might be like three, six months. Right. So it's taking too long. Right. Taking too long. Right. I'm thinking about me. I'm, I'm 31 right now. I started my first. You got shoes older than you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't really have shoes older than you. I just like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I'm getting at is like, before I got to my first six figures in my business, it took me years. Like, I started my first business when I was 16. Right. And I had no idea what I was doing. Right. And I had to fall and fail and put the pieces together. So I kind of want you to share that experience and yeah. that it's, learning. Absolutely. So, so the, the first thing that I didn't understand, like, like there are some skills that are absolutely essential to become successful in business. The, like the first and most important skill. Okay. Well, even before we get to skill, before you even come to skill, you have to have character. Hmm. Character is who you are when nobody's watching, but you and God. Yep. Right. You have to like, you have to have some internal character traits like honesty, right? Like integrity, like decency, um, like, like in like discipline, like, intestinal fortitude, courage, um, diligence. These are character traits that you have to have. And there is no shortcut, like there's no substitute for those character traits. You have to have character because in order for you to even be in a discipline long enough to develop a skill, you have to have enough character to last through the learning curve. Yep. Right? So you have to have character, then you have to develop some skills. Well, one of the skills that you have to develop is you have to develop the skill of learning how to sell. And you have to, you're going to have to come to the place in your life. If you desire to create wealth for yourself and your family, which maybe you desire that, maybe you don't. I think that anybody, I think that's not out of, I I don't think that's, um, that's out of, integrity for anybody to desire to desire to create wealth for themselves and for their family yeah um so if you desire to create wealth for yourself and your family you have to be willing to learn how to sell and to fall in love with the process of selling Mm -hmm. see i'm gonna tell you something most of these people who consider themselves entrepreneurs they love the result of selling but they don't love the process here's what i discovered if you'll fall in love with the process of selling and you'll master the process, the results will take care of themselves. Like I don't have to wonder or worry or be concerned about cash flow in my business. Why? Because I can sell. The people that are around me, that are on my team can sell. We have processes set up that sell automatically. We generate revenue every day. I mean, we didn't have a great week in the last seven days, but we generated almost six figures in the last seven days, like probably $96,000, $97,000 in the last seven days. Hmm. It wasn't the best week we've ever had, but it wasn't terrible. I'm not thinking, oh no, our business is drying up. What am I going to do, right? But one of the reasons that happens is because we have systems in place and people in place who know how to sell. Selling is not talking people into buying something they don't want, don't need, and can't afford. Hmm. Selling is not convincing people to buy. Like somebody, somebody tries to get me to convince them to buy something I'm selling. I'll talk you out of buying from me before I talk you into it. 
Like literally, I'll say, like, if you can't see that this is for you, I can tell you right now, it's not for you. Right? It's like, so, and, and what do I mean by that? Selling is not convincing. Convincing is when I attempt to get someone to do something I desire them to do for my reasons. Mm. Selling is persuasion. What's persuasion? Persuasion is when I help you make a decision you already desire to make for your own reasons. Right? So you provide the content, I provide the context, and then you buy. And what happens when I understand that, I am not trying to talk you into buying. In fact, the more I try to talk you into buying something from me, the less you want to buy it. Yep. The more I, the more I run after you to sell you something, the more you resist buying it from me. Yep. The more I run in from you when you're trying to buy something from me, the more you insist on buying. Right? So, so selling is not about me convincing you. People say, I, you've heard people say this, I'm, and I totally disagree with it. it so people say, uh, uh, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. That's garbage. That's garbage. People love to buy and they love to be sold. They hate to be convinced. But most people who are not good at selling, they have to resort to convincing and people don't like being convinced. So since the people don't like being convinced, they've concluded that people don't like to be sold. No, they like to be sold, but convincing is not selling. Convincing is what you resort to when you fail to sell someone. So Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You're dropping bombs. Uh, convincing is not selling. That's, huh. I could think back in the early days, and I'm, you, you, said, you shared a story. It took you 18 months to make your first sale in that network marketing business, right? Mm-hmm. I remember. And, I, my, and my first commission was $125.66. Within three months, I became the top salesperson in our office. Wow. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. And finish. You, were, you were saying, you remember? When you know the process, I'm feeding off of what you just said and then mm -hmm. where, where I was going. When you know the process of selling, I remember back in the day when I just started picking up momentum in that business. I didn't understand that process of selling. I didn't understand there is a way that somebody needs to understand what you do. And once they understand what you do, you don't have to pitch them. Like, I don't have to, hey, I think this is good for you because this, no, no, no. You've told me the challenges you're faced with. If you don't want it, you're still going to face those same challenges. Right. Right. It took me years to figure that out. So it's. And, it's and, and it, it goes just one step beyond when they know what you do, when they know what you do, when they know what you do can do for them, that's when they buy. Mm. Right. See, people are so, it's so fascinating when you like, when you study human nature and you watch people and you watch how people are so like salespeople who are attached to a yes, they want a yes. I want to get a yes. See, when I'm selling someone, I don't want to get a yes. I just want to get a decision. Hmm. I don't really care. I don't care what the decision is. I, my, my sales presentation is designed as much to get the wrong people to say no, as it is to get the right people to say yes. Wow. My sales presentations and my sales positioning is designed to disqualify the unqualified as much as it is to qualify the qualified. Mm. And most people want everybody to say yes, but never forget this. Anything that's for everybody is also for nobody. Bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so, so anything that's for everybody is also for nobody. And what I decided to do, this is so good. 
I feel like I need to capture some of this for my Instagram story. So. <laughs> I must like, send you all the footage for this. This is fire. But what, what, what I'm looking at is uh, when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business owners, I mentioned the concept of confusion and chaos, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can be in an internal state of confusion and chaos, which can directly impact how you present your product, your service, your brand. Absolutely. And what did you call that internal what? Internal confusion and chaos. Okay. Yep. Now, if I'm in, in an internal state of confusion and chaos, mm -hmm. I can't communicate the right message to you. No, you can't. Do you know why? Why? Because communication is only 7% the words you say. The other 93% is body language and tone of voice. Mm -hmm. See, here's what's amazing. People can lie with their words, but they can't lie with their energy. See, your energy is always honest. Yep. Your words, sometimes your words are honest, sometimes maybe not, but your energy always tells the truth. And so your mouth may be communicating 7% of the message, hey, this is gonna be good for you, but your tone of voice and body language is saying, don't do it, don't do it. Deep. So, my question mm -hmm. next for you yeah. is how have you leveraged sales and stage selling in growing your business as an entrepreneur? Okay. So, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give some people some amazing advice right now. Like this is going to be like game changer. If you like whether or not you ever read another book, which you should, you like, we should always be learning whether or not you ever go to another seminar, whether or not you ever listen to another podcast episode, Femi's or mine, or anybody else's, whether or not you ever hire a coach or not, this will change your life if you will do it. And that is um, the first thing that you should do to like scale your business through selling and stage selling is um, after learning how to sell, which I already talked about that, so I'm not gonna talk about that, raise your prices. Mm -hmm. You, if you are like most entrepreneurs, you are selling your product, service, coaching, whatever, way too low, way too low. Um, and when I think about that, like when I think about how, when I started in the seminar business at my training company in August of 2003, I remember my first offer was $147 and I was like, man, I hope these people buy this, right? Mm. And now like my low end offer is 55 grand. Mm my high end offers a million. Right. And so when I say raise your prices, like, like, like my low end high ticket offer is $55,000. Mm. Like I've got my, I've got my book, which you can get for free. And I've got like, I've got like a little thousand dollar course out there. If you can find it, you can buy it. But like the stuff that I put energy into selling on the low end is 55 grand. And I've got one for 155 grand. And I've got one for a million dollars. Right. And so I'm not sharing that with you for any other reason than to say most businesses underprice their product services and the value that they bring into the marketplace. And if you'd like me to, when I'm done with the second thing that I think people should do is um, I'll tell you why I believe people underprice their, what they sell. Okay. So that's the first thing, raise your prices. Um, you're selling something right now for 3000 Sell it for 5,000 because there's no difference between 5,000 and 3,000 to the people you're selling to. Hmm. And if you're selling it for 5,000, you might as well just go ahead and sell it for eight. And since there's no difference between eight and 10, you might as well just go ahead and sell it for 10. 
Now I shared this in Russell, one of Russell Brunson's inner circle meetings one time when there was a, there was a guy in there. He's like um, late twenties, early thirties. I know you would know who he is if I mentioned him. He was selling a program for $4,000 and he told us what he put in. I said, dude, why are you selling that for $4,000? Well, I'll tell you who it is. Alex Ramosi. And I know you know who Ramosi yeah. is, right? Jim Long Speakers, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, his book is right here. It's one of my favorite marketing books of all times. Jim Mine's Long. here too. Mine's over here. Don't worry. I love this. I love this guy. He's one of the best salesmen. I Like he's one of the best sales and marketing people I've ever met. And, and when it comes to anybody who's better than him, I don't know, maybe his wife, Layla, like mm -hmm. she's, they're mind blowing. Right. So, so he's selling this thing for $4,000. I'm like, dude, why would you sell it for 4,000? He said, well, because you know, 4,000, that's, I said, dude, like he said, how much should I sell for? I said, well, worst case scenario six, but there's really no difference between six and eight. So you might as well sell it for eight. And then if you're going to sell it for eight, you might as well sell it for 10. Right. Because there's no difference between eight and 10. So he raised his price to 10 and more people started buying. Wow. Right. And now that same thing that he used to sell for 4,000, Last time I talked to him, I haven't talked to him lately. And by the way, he's built a business that's done over $100 million in sales since then, right? Last time I talked to him, he was selling it for 40. And then he had another program on top of that that he would sell them for 90. Jeez. Right? 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 Huh? But most people, when they think about selling something for that high price, they're like, hey, nobody's going to buy it. I, I get why they would buy it from Alex for that much money, but I don't really get why they would buy it from me. I understand why they would buy something from Myron for 55000 or a million, but I don't understand why they would buy it from me. I understand why they buy something from Russell for blah, And, and they, they tell themselves all these stories in their head that keep them from creating the stories that would cause their customers to buy a premium product from them, right? That's big. Um, so, so, um, so that's one thing that, so raise your prices and then um, stop selling in onesies. Like I don't stop selling in onesies, but like stop selling just one-on-one -on -one and start selling one-on-many. So you can sell one-on-many on a webinar. You can sell one-on-many on a podcast. You can sell one-on-many on a television show, one-on-many on a radio show, one-on-many through an infomercial. One -on so figure out as many ways as you can to sell one-to-many. Hmm. So when you raise your prices and sell one-to-many, what you're doing is you're multiplying the two greatest things that can impact the scale of your business. And that is most people, so I'm not going to go into great detail on this, but I do want to give you this. There, there are four, um, there are, um, um, four different business models, right? There's what I call the entrepreneur business model, right? And a entrepreneur business model is LT times LV equals entrepreneur. LT stands for, I, I said LT, I'll just keep it at LT, but it's really um, LP times LV equals entrepreneur. What's LP? LP is low profit. Mm. LV is low volume. So low profit times low volume equals entrepreneur. Yep. Right. Then um, the next, that's entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is, is HP times LV, high profit times low volume. And a lot of people who are making six figures, they have a product that makes them high profit. Like they may have a thousand dollar course that costs them a hundred dollars to fulfill. They're making 10 times markup. So they've got high profit, but they're selling low volume. They're only selling maybe um, eight to 10 of those a month. And yep. so that's low volume, right? So high, that's high profit times low volume equals entrepreneur. Um, LP times HV equals Walterpreneur. LP means low profit times 
high volume, which is HV, low profit times high volume equals Waltrepreneur. Now, why do I call that Waltrepreneur? Because Sam Walton was the per first person to master this business model. Yep. And, and with the Waltrepreneur business model, and I think he deserves to have it named after him because yep. when he established that business model, when he died, he was three times richer than Bill Gates. He was so rich, like he was so rich when he died, he divided his wealth up between his wife and children and Bill Gates became the number one wealthiest person in the world, no longer Sam Walton. Bill Gates became number one, but Sam Walton's wife and children became the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth wealthiest people in the world. Wow. That's how rich he was. Wow. Like when he died, split up his wealth between his heirs, they became like all tied for second place for the second richest person in the world. Right. So that's, that's kind of mind blowing. Right. And that's the Waltrepreneur. So what's the modern day Waltrepreneur? Well, the modern day Waltrepreneur is Jeff Bezos. Right. Yeah. But also all of the people who do e-commerce businesses where they sell physical products and they make a little bit of profit, but they sell maybe a hundred thousand units a month or like my good friend, Trey Llewellyn um, and Trey like did, I think some ridiculous number, something like $26 million worth of e-commerce sales with a flashlight funnel wow. like in six weeks, right? That's low profit, high volume. Yep. Well, low profit, high volume, that's Waltrepreneur. But if you want Waltrepreneurism, like you want to become like, take a page out of Apple's playbook. Hmm. Apple, Apple computers. Well, it used to be called Apple computers. Now it's called Apple Inc. Right? So yep. Apple is the first company in the history of the world to become a $2 trillion market cap. Wow. They became a $1 million market cap, $1 trillion market cap in 19, in 2019. A year later, they became a $2 trillion market cap. They, their market capitalization, the value of their company doubled in one year. It was already the highest market cap and then doubled in a year. Wow. So how did they do that? They did that with this HV HP times HV with that high profit times high volume. Hmm. Now, if the, if the, if the, if the, if the most profitable company in the world uses the wealth entrepreneur business model, high profit, like, okay, here's, what's funny. I'm, I'm recording on Mixcam this interview on my phone, right? Yep. So I can take clips of it and use it for Instagram and also use it for Facebook ads. Right. Hmm. So this phone that I'm use, using right now, my iPhone 11 max plus triple intergalactic, whatever they call it, right? That phone, I paid $1,400 for. Yep. Right? But I also have my iPhone something, iPhone 10 maybe, iPhone 10. I also have an iPhone 8. I also have an iPhone 6. Mm. So I have, I have, and that, that's just the latest, the last three or four years of iterations of iPhones, right? Yep. So, so that... I've got that. I've got downstairs in my kitchen, my first Mac Pro that I bought in 2006 and I paid $8,000 for it. Wow. Right? I'm going to show you something so powerful, right? I've got my MacBook Pro, my MacBook Pro that I'm using right here on my desk. I've got another MacBook Pro over there on the floor. I've got another MacBook Pro in my bedroom. I've got an iPad. I bought, I've had three iPads. I've got an iPad Pro. My wife has an iPad Pro. My wife has an Apple Pencil. I have an Apple Pencil. Right. So, and not to mention back in the day, there was a time when I used to buy a MacBook pro, a MacBook pro computer for the people who joined my high ticket mastermind. Wow. 
I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Apple products. I have one customer, hundreds of thousands of dollars on Apple products. Why? How did Apple build such a crazy, amazing brand that can like go from a trillion dollars to $2 trillion in market capitalization in one year? How did they do it? Well, they did it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. With a stage presentation. The Apple Developer Conference. Yep. So Apple will do a seminar. They'll do a live event. They will sell you on buying their next new thing that's coming out. I remember when they came out with the iPhone the first year, he said, Steve Jobs, his, presentation is all, his presentations are always simple. Yep. And they're always powerful. And you can't forget them. The one, like when the first iPhone came out, it came out in the Apple Developer Conference, I think it was March or April of 2007. The phone came out in um, June of 2007. And he kept saying the same thing. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. And we could have turned it. It's a phone. It's a browser. It's a music player. It's a phone. It's a browser. You know, we could have turned it into a song, right? Mm. And then I remember when they came out with um, the MacBook Air. And it's like, it's as thin as a pencil. Hmm. It was always some, it's, and they would hold up a pencil and they would hide the MacBook Air behind the pen. It's as thin as a pencil. And so they, he would always come up with this messaging and they would present it to thousands of people live and millions of people on a broadcast. Hmm. And then he would tell them when they could go buy it. But he would never let them buy it then because he was building anticipation. And then when it came out, you have a line around the store. So if the guy who was smart enough to take over the music industry, the computer industry, the phone industry, the movie industry, hmm. if he was smart enough to take over those industries, computer, music, phone, um, and movie industry, and become the world's largest market cap company, from a company that was on the verge of bankruptcy when he came back and took it over again. If he's smart enough to figure that out and he figured out the way to build this company is with a live event. If you can build a computer company, a phone company, a music company, a movie company through a live event and take your company to a multi-million dollar market cap with HV times HP. If you don't take that page from Apple's playbook, you're not serious about creating wealth anyway. Jeez. That is mind blowing. Right? Process. That like rearranges the furniture in your head in such a way that you can't even find your way around in your own head anymore. Right? It's like, this is like, I, I don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. All I have to do is find somebody who's doing what I desire to do and copy their success. Now I may not have 8,000 people come to my quote, Apple developer, like mine would be the golden developer, the Femi development conference. Maybe not, but whoever shows up, those are my true fans. Yes. Right. Mm. And if I don't develop something for them, they're going to go find somebody else. See, when you decide you're going to go into the same business that Apple is in, you don't have to base your prices on what other people base their prices on. Do you realize that Apple not only became the number one market cap company in the world, they made other phone companies more profitable. 
because there was no smartphone until the iPhone. There was no Android. Android just basically copied the iPhone and did it on a platform. Like, oh, yeah. So the, the amount of money that they created, they didn't just create that for them. They created them for all the people who tried to be in competition with them but didn't know how. And do you know why they, couldn't, they didn't know how to be in competition with Apple? Why? Because Apple understands the business that they are in better than any other company, which is why they were able to build a $2 trillion market cap. And if you'd like me to tell, like Apple's not in the phone business, they're not in the computer business, and they're not in the, they're not in the movie business, not in the music business. Would you like me to share with you the business that Apple is really in? Break it down. Let's go. Okay. Apple is in the business of acquiring customers, getting paid to acquire those customers, and then once they have a customer, they wow them beyond belief, which is why Apple customers are not really customers. They're Apple fanatics. Yes. Hmm. Like, if you try to offer an Android to an to a true believer in Apple, they're grossed out. Like, what? Like, what? Like we like app real iPhone users don't even want to touch an Android. Like I, I don't know what to do with this thing. <laughs> huh? Right. And so, so when you get to the place where you can are in the business of acquiring customers and then you use some of the money that you, ge you generate while acquiring those customers to make sure every experience they have with you wows them, you will take them off the market for anybody who thinks they are a competitor. So, so, and I'm going to give you one la one one last thing before, because I know I I I, I could I Myron can my rant forever, right? <laughs> so I said I was going to come back and tell you why yeah. the average person underprices their products, their service, their coaching, their whatever. Would you like to know why? I would like to know why. Because they don't know what they're really selling. Hmm. So they think they are selling their pieces. It's got four videos and five audios and, and so many workbooks. So they think, well, that many pieces has to be worth this, right? They think they're selling their process. And so what they'll do is they'll present their process. But if you present your process as the presentation, that, that presentation will have the lowest conversion of any kind of presentation you can create. Why? Because when you show people the process, they don't want to, they need to master the process in order to produce the result. Yep. They don't want to master the process. They want to produce the result. So if you show them the process, they'll think it's too hard and they won't buy it. People want an easy button. So people think, so people who are selling think they're selling their process. They think they're selling their pieces or they think they're selling their person. You get so many hours of my time, you get so many one-on-ones, you get all this, but you're not buying their person. I bought all the hundreds of thousands of dollars, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of Apple products since I've been buying Apple products. And I've never had a conversation with Steve Jobs. I got to shave, I got to shake Steve Wozniak's hand one time. Hmm. Right. So I don't have, I don't have like, like, I, but when I bought my Apple products, Steve didn't put himself in the box. Yep. Right. And when you are selling products, you think the way to make it more valuable is to put yourself in the box because you think you are the greatest value for your customers. See, I am, I am not that egocentric. I know that I'm not that big of a deal. They don't even like me that much. So if they're not buying, if they're not really buying my pieces and they're not really buying my process and they're not really buying my person when I'm selling something what are they buying the only thing anyone ever buys they are buying the payoff that they desire wow. right and so so when when the value or the payoff is this big and the price is this big they always buy and it doesn't matter if you put fourteen fourteen hundred dollars like my iPhone in there or eight thousand dollars like my Mac Pro or twenty three thousand dollars like my MacBook Pro 
It doesn't matter what price you put in here. If it's $55,000 for my low end high ticket or $155,000 for my medium high ticket or a million dollars for my high high ticket, doesn't, if, if the value is this big and the price is this big, they always buy. It doesn't matter what price you put in here. And so because you think you're selling your process, your pieces or your payoff, I mean your process, your pieces or your person, you can only charge so much because that's all you can justify in your mind. I know I'm selling the payoff. And so I am very clear before I ever sell anything, exactly what the payoff is. So that when I communicate what the payoff potential is to my potential clients, they can easily say, oh, I'll happily pay that much money for that. For instance, I'm gonna show you something. I'm gonna give you an example of that and I'm done. I have right here, can you see what I have right here? Can you see this, Remy? Yep. What is it? I can't see how much it is. $100. $100 bill. I have a $100 bill. So I'm going to ask you a question. Will you, if I said, Femi, I'll sell you this $100 bill for $10. Would you take that deal? No. Wait, I'm, say $100? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I, was, I wasn't listening. <laughs> wow. I need to go to Toronto. Right? <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll sell it. you this $100 bill for, five, for, for $10. You said, yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. Why will you take it? Because the $100 bill is worth 10 times $10 bill. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give you a deal like that. So let's say I'll sell you this hundred dollar bill for fifty dollars. Will you still take the deal? Okay. Yeah. Why? Oh, that's right. Because you're making fifty dollars profit. Yep. So what if I said, okay, I'm not willing to give you a deal like that. I'm only going to sell you. I'm only going to give you this hundred dollar bill for seventy five dollars. Is that still a good deal for you? Not really. That's seventy five dollars. I'd still take it, but I'm like, what would I have to do to get, like, is there just, a no, you just, I'm going to sell you the 70, the hundred dollars for $75. I'll take it. You're 75. I give you a hundred. I'll take it. You'll take it. Okay. So if, if, if it makes sense to pay me for you to pay me $10 for a hundred dollars, hmm. right? then that means it must make sense for you to pay me $100 for $1,000 worth of value. Yep, yep. Or it must make sense for you to pay me $10,000 for $100,000 worth of value. Hmm. Right? Wow. So here's, here's what's amazing. The bigger the numbers get, the more people resist, but the bigger the numbers get, the more sense it makes. Do you realize that if you give me $75 for $100, you make $25? Yep. But if you give me $75,000 for $100,000, you make $25,000. Wow. But people, the bigger the numbers get, the more people resist. But the bigger the numbers get, the less you should resist. Why? Because the payoff is bigger. Yep. The payout's bigger, yeah, but the payoff is like way bigger, right? So people say, Myron, how can you charge $55,000 for a low-end product? Here's how. Because I have many students, many the first time they use the stuff they learn from you, like the first time they use it, make more than 10 times that in one day. Mm. I've had some students who make 50 times that in one day. Wow. A hundred times that in a day. Well, so, so, but if they were only going to make 25% more, if I charged you, a million dollars for 1.25 million for a million two hundred fifty thousand. That is a great deal for you, yes. especially if now. 
let's say, let's say you buy my $55,000 training, whatever that is, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. And the first time you use it, you do what Allison did. You make $875,000. Are you happy? Of course. Yeah. Okay. The first time you use it, you do what Dana did. Dana didn't make $875,000. He only made $150,000. Are you happy? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you do what Annie Grace did. She made $264,000. Are you happy? Yep. So my point is people only pay for one thing. They pay for a payoff. Hmm. The payoff has to be bigger than the payout. The bigger the spread between the payoff and the payout, the more likely they are to say yes to your offer. I'm done. There's, there's so much fire in that, which I think fits perfect for the next question. Okay. If you were to land your dream stage with your ideal target audience right now, how would you sell for increased profit, promotion, and impact? So, like, so I, I have to answer that in two ways. Number one, every stage I, dream, I speak on is my dream platform. Hmm. This interview is my dream platform. Hmm. And you think, well, how could that be? Well, because I understand why I'm here. I understand my purpose. See, my purpose is to live in my creative space and make the world a better place. I am a teacher. I teach business. I teach business based on biblical principles. I teach people how to sell from the stage. I teach people how to sell high ticket. So anytime I have an opportunity to do that, I'm going to make the world of entrepreneurialism a better place. So every stage that I speak on is my ideal stage. How would I increase profit? By doing the same things that I teach my students to do. I use a concept that I call psychological artistry. What does that mean? It means, it means I use emotional cooperation and logical justification to get the ideal clients to say yes hmm. and change their lives. Okay. For instance, Dan Henry, you know who Dan Henry is? Yep. Okay. So Dan Henry, Dan Henry was making a fortune before he ever heard my name before he ever heard of me, right? He didn't even know who Myron Golden was. And before he heard of me, he was making a fortune. He bought my $55,000 training. The first time, he didn't get to use it until COVID-19, hmm. right? The first time he used it, he did a million twenty thousand dollars in a day. Whoa. Okay. Now, Dan was already successful. I, I'm not taking credit for his success. But here's what he said. He said, I've had a lot of coaches, great coaches. I'm not going to name who the coaches are because they are great coaches and some of them are my coaches, right? A lot of coaches. He said, but nobody has impacted my life mm. more than Myron Golden. And Myron Golden is the only coach I've ever had that taught me how to make a million dollars in a day. He said, yeah, I've had a million dollar months. I've had million dollar weeks, but I've never had a million dollar day until I met Myron Golden, right? So, so like, do you think that there's ever going to come a time when Dan is going to say, um, oh no, Myron's crap. That's never going to happen. Right? Because we have a mutual respect for each other. Dan is a genius, right? In his, like Dan, in Dan's lane, he's like the Tiger Woods, the Michael Jordan, mm. of what he does. In my lane, I'm like the Michael Jordan Tiger Woods in my lane. Hmm. 
And what everybody could do is they could become the Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan in their lane, whatever that lane is. And so when you, when you can provide transformational value to people, gives them the change that they desire, the payoff that they desire, it doesn't matter. Like the price is irrelevant. So how would I, how would I monetize that? I would do it the same way I do it now. Emotional cooperation, which means I sell in a way that causes people to feel good about it and logical justification, logical justification. I can give them logical reasons why it makes sense to do the thing they feel good about. There's so much in there that I think it's so interesting. Cause I, I, I did a, a group call yesterday which ironically was the same topic we're talking about now. I was talking about using your unique gift Mm -hmm. to generate profit and scale your business through your vision and your mission. Mm -hmm. And you've actually said this, this word several times. You said, no, like you have to know, you have to know yourself. You have to know your product. You have to know your audience. And before you even know your audience, you have to know yourself, know your value, know what you're doing. And then yeah. you monetize that thing. Absolutely. And you have to know clearly, you have to know specifically what is the result, the payoff that you can produce for that client. And then you have to put it in such, you have to be able to put it in words in such a way that when they hear it, they like, I have to have that. Mm-hmm. You said the first time you ever heard me was on the 10X growth con stage, right? Yep. Right. You had never seen me before that. You probably had never even heard of me before that, right? Nope. And then I come out there and you're probably, and I'm coming out after Russell Brunson's presentation. You're probably thinking, well, what's he going to say? Right. I, I mean, you may not have been thinking that, but that's what I would have been. Who's this dude? What's this joke? Going right. And then I do my thing. And the presentation that I did, the feedback from the audience that was there when I was doing my part of the presentation was very different than the feedback. I'm not saying I'm so wonderful but it was very different than the feedback that anybody else got while they were doing their presentation because I knew exactly what I was there for. Mm. And I knew exactly what the transformation was I could help help people have. And I had thought about it long enough to put, make it, to put it in words that were clear enough for them to say, I have to have this. Yep. Does that make sense? That's, that's powerful. Yes. Yes, it does. So, Fem, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to bolt because I got I've got a couple other interviews to do today. Yeah, no, we're we're good. Like you you you've done you've done amazing today, you know. And I think what I would love is for those tuning in that want to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact with you, Myers? So a couple of things. Um, one, if you want if you have a question for me about anything that I've said, like you you want like I do have a team that does stuff for me. Like I don't answer the phone, I don't respond to emails, but my my team does, right? But if you want to send me personally, Myron Golden, a message, the best way to get in contact with me and have me get reach out to you the fastest is to send me a message on Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, if you want to message me on Instagram, I am at Myron Golden. That's the at sign, M-Y-R-O-N-G-O-L-D-E-N, at Myron Golden. That's the fastest way to reach me. Um, if you want to learn more about having the right, I talked about the four business models. If you want to learn how to scale your business, um, I have a free video that you can go get. Um, there is an opt-in. So if you want it, yeah, we'll send you some emails from time to time. But I would think that if you got something out of this, you probably want to hear from me anyway. Um, so you can, I've, I've got a video called, and it's, I think it's about 40 minutes. It's called the five golden keys of scale. There are five things that you must do five keys that when you master these five keys, you can scale any business. 
and one of those is one of those five keys is um, um, the model key. And I talked about the, the four business models, right? But I go into more detail on that presentation on the business model. So, so you have the model key, you have the math key, you have the measured key, um, and you have the market to message match key. And um, I don't remember what the other one was, but there, it's really, it's really a good training, and it'll help you in your business just by watching that video. And if you decide you want to work with us and find out more about how we can help you, like have potentially a six or seven figure day, um, then you can like apply and see if you qualify to work with us because we don't work with everybody. Um, and I know a lot of people say that, but like we really turn people away. Like we don't, that's not just words, right? Um, and so um, if you want to get the, that video on the five golden keys of scale, go to keysofscale.com, K-E-Y-S-O-F. S-C-A-L-E.com, keysofscale.com. You get a video for free. If you want to message me about anything I shared on here, just send me a message on Instagram. And hopefully something I shared with you will make your life better, make your business better, make you more profitable, uh, take your business into the income generation stratosphere, whatever. So, Thanks again, Myron. And I definitely look forward to hearing from you again soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Femi. And thank you for having this podcast for entrepreneurs. And thank you for asking me to come and share, you know, ideas that matter with people who care. So I appreciate the opportunity. And that's it for today. Definitely, if you love this episode, feel free to like, share, and follow for our next upcoming podcast. Besides that, feel free to grab a copy of my newest best-selling book, Reboot, The Path to Personal Breakthrough, at myrebootbook.com transformation awaits.